Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into today's Bible lesson. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise and honor and glory for this broadcast. And we pray for this entire television, radio audience all over the world. We lift our faith to you, Lord, for revelation from heaven. We open our hearts and ears, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. We have a wonderful guest today, and she's no stranger to the Believer's Voice of Victory Network and to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast and to all of our, our, our longtime partners. Glory to God. Dr. Caroline Leaf is here. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on. Okay. Amen. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank, Thank you, Caroline, for coming. We we're going to be having a good time all this week and next. And we're going to be uh, studying from Caroline's new book, Think, Learn, and Succeed, Understanding and Using Your Mind to Thrive at School, the Workplace, and Life. Glory to God. Let's start with this scripture. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind needs a healthy brain through which to work. Exactly. You know... Uh, we've talked about this many times before, but uh, but it, it's amazing to me that that it, that it still has to be thought through even today. Yeah. That you don't lose your mind because your mind is part of your soul. Exactly. And your soul is inside your spirit, the real exactly. you. The problem is with the brain. When the mind cannot express itself or is some way malfunctioning through them, people say he's lost his mind. No, he ain't lost his mind. He's, he's got, a, he's got a, a health problem with the brain. That can be proven very easily. You remember the rich man that died? Carried into hell? He recognized Father Abraham and Abraham said, remember, remember, his memory was intact. In fact, it was working better than it had before because he'd never met Abraham, but he knew him. So the, where was the brain? Is in the ground somewhere where the rest of his body was decaying, but his mind is, and he's still emotional. He was emotional over his family. His emotions were intact. Mm -hmm. His mind was intact. His memory was intact. So once, once you realize that, that the mind needs the brain, the brain is a physical organ. And uh, so now I've said my piece, and I'm going to just get to sit here now for the next... 10 days and just listen. <laughs> Y'all believe really, that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. 
Come on, Gloria, give me a break. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've, I've learned, I've learned so much from this woman, and and been so inspired by her, and by her her books. And so this is a new one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna learn right along with you today from from uh, Caroline's new book. Thank you. You always get the the points. You always say it so well. I remember you and I spending a couple of hours discussing that scripture. It was fascinating. And it's, you know, if you look at it from a scientific angle, what I've been studying for the last 30 years is the mind-brain connection. And the research specifically that I've done and developed theories on and clinical application and all that kind of thing is on understanding that our spiritual nature is actually the 99% of who we are. And then our physical nature, which is the brain and the body, is only the 1%. So it doesn't mean the brain and the body aren't important. You've got to look after them because the mind works, the non-physical spiritual works through the brain. So it's very important that we look after both and recognize the, what we call dualism, the dualistic interaction between the spirit and the physical. And they, we, so we need to look after our mind and we need to look after our brain and our body. So it's literally being a steward of creation when you look after what your mind is. So when you started with that scripture, which is one that I quote every time I open my mouth, literally to teach this stuff, the first thing you said is we have a power. and Our mind is powerful. Yeah. The second thing you said, love. And the third thing you said, soundness. And those are three things that I have researched scientifically. Because why scientifically? Well, science comes from the word sclera. Sclera means knowledge. And all knowledge is from God. We know that. So when we talk about science, we're not just talking about brain science or physics or chemistry. We're talking about knowledge, all knowledge. And all knowledge comes from God. So if we look the way I, the way I see the connection between spirituality and, and science is a very strong connection to help us understand the mind-brain connection or the mind-body connection because science is God's stuff. So science shows us how to use this powerful mind, how to renew our mind, how to bring thoughts into captivity. So science is simply God's how-to of the spiritual principles. So it's such a logical link to bring science in and mix it in with spirituality. I mean, you can't understand the one without the other. That's right. So I often tell people, if I don't say another scripture today, it doesn't mean that I don't respect the scriptures. It means that I'm speaking God's knowledge because I'm speaking science, which is the practical side of God. If you want to put it that way, it's they the, the how-to. A number of years ago, a survey of university campuses in the United States with this question. Do you think God understands radar? What a question. <laughs> and it was shocking how many college age people said no. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know where they, you know, you know where they, they first got the idea of radar, from a bat. Exactly. God created the bat. Exactly. He had radar long before anybody else did, because he's blind, but he never misses a target. Exactly. And so, to ignore science is foolish. Very foolish. To misuse science is equally foolish. Exactly. To to put science 
in a place above the Word of God is stupid. Well, you won't interpret the signs correctly if you don't interpret it spiritually. Amen. So you have to have that blend. You have to use, you know, in science we talk about the non-physical. In Scripture or in, in the Bible you're talking about the spiritual. Yeah. It's the equivalent it's it's, it's the equivalent thing. Yeah. So your, your spirit is that 99% where your mind is, as you said, and it's your thinking and your feeling and your choosing, and it's filled with power, and its design is one of love. So if we look at scientifically, what does it mean to have a powerful mind? Well, the word power means that it's going to, it's, there's impact. Power means that there's going to be change as a result of whatever. And love, if we look at, at that scientifically, we see that the brain and the body and the mind are wired for love, so we don't well, have. They were created by love. Exactly. So one. exactly. So if we, so if that's our default mode, our default mode of operation is one of love, power, and soundness. That means that we are capable of operating in that zone that we're supposed to operate in, which is that love zone, where we think and feel and choose to succeed meaningfully and make an impact in life and fulfill the purpose that we call to to fulfill. So essentially what I'm trying to teach people in all my work, including in this book, is that that is your design. So we need to learn how to access that design. And there's something that in, in these years of research on the science of the brain that um, is something that I've been trying to understand and now finally science is really showing this. But when we read that scripture, bring all thoughts into captivity. You know, it's part of that whole bring down strongholds and so on. But bring all thoughts into captivity. Most people say that scripture without really thinking what that means. The average person thinks about 30,000 to 180,000 thoughts a day, something in that range, maybe more. And, and we're supposed to bring all 30,000 to 180,000 thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus every day. That means that every waking moment and every sleeping moment, we're supposed to be capturing those thoughts in a very self-regulated way. So then we look at science and think, well, how on earth do I control my every single thought? I mean, think of that. It's actually let's, quite let's a challenge. Let's read that, that scripture. Because you just fired yes, something I just, off I just in, fired. My, <laughs> in my thinking. In Second uh, Corinthians 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the, the thought that came across my, just flashed across my mind while you were talking there, those numbers are impossible they're huge. to the natural mind. Exactly. That's just too much. Exactly. But not when you're using the mighty weapons of our warfare, which are spiritual and not carnal. Exactly. That not only makes it doable, it, it makes it uh, essential. mandatory. It's exactly, essential. it's essential. This is not optional. Exactly. Casting down imaginations or reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that's, that's an instruction. Yes. And so does God give us an instruction without equipping us to carry out the instruction? Exactly. Oh, because the weapons are mighty. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, therefore we have good. access, so we have access through our spiritual nature to the wisdom of God. Should we choose to 
access the wisdom of God because coming along with our love design and God giving us creating us out of love is the option to choose not to follow wisdom or to follow wisdom so that option choice always gives us the option of going in the wrong direction so we can either choose to access that powerful spiritual nature which is linked into God because it's through that spiritual nature in him we live move and have our being so therefore what I try and show people is what is the spiritual nature and how do I access the spiritual nature what is the design practically that enables us to do this? So we see from the brain research that this will, this will blow your mind in a good way. We are designed to regulate our thoughts every 10 seconds. So six times every minute, we can consciously, deliberately, and intentionally bring our thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus, going to, into a state of what we call superposition in quantum physics, and I can explain that in more depth in a moment. But we are designed to capture those thoughts every 10 seconds. How many of us, six times a minute, are talking to God, are accessing the wisdom of God? That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's mm -hmm. renewing the mind. Mm -hmm. We are, our entire being is designed to do that. So when we don't, we then mess up the physical brain because we're not using the power of our mind. So if we, that, that brings back to the Timothy scripture. We, mm -hmm. have, we have a powerful mm -hmm. mind. Your mind is so powerful that your brain is attuned because your mind and your brain are not the same thing. Your brain is part of your physical nature mm -hmm. and it's designed and attuned to your mind. Your mind is way more complex than your brain. And your brain, we only understand about 10% of the brain. The brain is extremely complex, but it has to be complex in order to house the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. The mind, the non-spiritual, I mean the spiritual mind, the, the mind is housed within the spiritual, as we said. And the spiritual nature of man, according to science, is quantum. Quantum means beyond space and time, infinite, alwaysness, incredibly fast. So it's like when we charge our cell phones or we charge our computers or we, we're plugging into a source. That is what we're doing. And Professor Keith Ward is an Oxford theologian and philosopher and scientist. And he's, he, he he's in his late 80s and he converse, has over the years researched this whole, uh, um, the concept of, of the power of man and spirituality and so on. And he's had a lot to do with quantum physicists. And quantum physics is an area that I'm also involved in. And he, he actually shows with all his research that quantum physics is the most fundamental and accurate of sciences. And it displays the spiritual nature of man and the power of man to have the effectiveness of choice. So Deuteronomy 30:19, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose you life. Choose. Exactly, you, you choose. choose. So that you and your descendants may live. So there's power in our choices. And quantum physics, the science of quantum physics, alongside the other sciences, but foundationally shows this very powerful, emergent, dynamic, quantum nature of our spiritual man that is constantly being sourced by God. Bishop Barclay was alive 350 years ago and was also a theologian and a scientist that was way ahead of his time. And he said that the only reason we exist is because, and I love the way he says it, is because God is looking. So because God is looking, the energy for us to be plugged in. So all humanity is plugged into this, this beyond space and time quantum nature of God. So when we get caught up in the Newtonian physics of, which is brilliant physics, but the Newtonian physics of seeing us just as physical, and that's not what Newton actually ever said, but it's how his work's been interpreted. 
the Newton and the scientific method took away through the spiritualist side, said the 99% doesn't matter. And what does matter is this physical. And if you can't see it, touch it, hear it, feel it, well, then it doesn't count. So therefore, your mind, your spirit, your true nature, your ability to choose this power, this effect that you have on generations, your generational impact of thoughts, the alive, the, the spark that comes into being with every thought that you think, the creative power, they ignore all of that. Meanwhile, we instinctively know and spiritually we know from the scriptures the power of the of the power of thought which produces the power of the spoken word so i'm trying to blend and show people that this is real and how do you access how do you immerse yourself in the wisdom of god any any time i've noticed this over the last i've been so uh, in just just enthralled in what's just what you're talking about. Ever since I've been, ever since I found out about spirit, soul, and body. Fascinating. And the the natural man has no idea how powerful he is. No idea at all. No concept. And when they cut the study of the spirit man out as you were saying yeah they dumbed man down dehumanized us yeah took our humanity away and even suggested we're just another form of ape or a biological automaton which is even worse like yeah, a computer yeah but that goes that goes into where people don't even understand what that means but they know Being what an ape is <laughs> and you get to to that point it is to completely ignore God on purpose. But those days are over for good. Well, there's a history to that, 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 that point. Because around about 350 years ago, up to 350 years ago, the spiritual nature of man was what informed philosophy and science. Then Newton's laws were discovered in the scientific method, and Newton himself was a believer in God. And he said that these laws give us an indication of the magnificence of the Creator, of the workings of knowledge. But his work was taken, and as I said, the spiritual was thrown out, and we've had this 350-year decline, which hit about 50 years ago. And 50 years ago, we had a massive very interesting reversal in trends. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but 50, around about 50 years ago, there was a massive shift in how we see, even more negatively, how we see ourselves in the spiritual nature of man. And also there was a massive change in how we look after our mind and our bodies. Then, now we see between 2014 and 2015, the CDC released results showing that research, uh, research trend and results that is very, very, very alarming and that we, the, the dec for decades the trend for, of people living longer has been increasing because of the advances in medicine and technology. So we've been living longer and advancing and all this, suddenly it reversed. So people instead of living longer are now living much shorter lives. And in fact, the next generation after us are going to live 15 to 25 years younger. The average person currently now and the next generations are living lives 15 to 25 years shorter and they're dying 15 to 25 years younger from preventable lifestyle 
diseases, preventable. Mm -hmm. So we have a change, and this, this shift started occurring 50 years ago, when we really got to a peak in science, where, um, and even in religion, laws, where we started forgetting about the dynamic, intellectual, profoundly, um, profoundly, intrinsically inspirational, creative nature of man made in the image of a creational brilliant God. We forgot about our brilliance. And there's been the trend in religion to say, don't be spirit, don't be intellectual, you must be spiritual. Well, kind of that is a slap in God's face because you're saying, mm -hmm. okay, well, God's mm -hmm. not intellectual. God is the designer of intellect. <clears throat> so when we start saying things like that, and then in science, disregarding the fact that we have the ability to think and feel and choose, which has happened in not all science, it's happened in, it's an interpretation. It's not what science says at all. It's the interpretation, the incorrect interpretation of certain approaches to science that then ignores the fact that we have this ability to choose. But the irony of it is that these kind of scientists and people in the world of religion that say that we, that we just pre-programmed and so on, what they are doing is they're choosing to say that. So they say we don't have free will, but they use their free will to say we don't have free will. Mm -hmm. So it's basically contradicting exactly what they're saying. So anyway, I, uh, just, in this uh, last minute here, as this new generation began to decline because of the, the way they're, they're using and not using the faculties that God has given them exactly. and replaced it with a video game and that kind of thing. But anyway, I believe as that happens, the knowledge even to the natural man of the power and the reality of the new birth is going to take a sound place, already has in a lot of places, in, in the scientific community, yes. but even more than it has in times past. And that's part of your job. <laughs> and that's the reason we love and support you because you've introduced this now for the last many years and affected a lot of scientific people with it. A lot of the things now that she said uh, 35 years ago um, and was, was soundly ridiculed because of it, is accepted science today. We have Dr. Caroline Leaf with us again today. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And um, listen, be sure and download the notes uh, of the broadcast. They're free. And, but particularly in the, the nature of, of Dr. Leaf's presentation and what she's talking about, all of the scriptures, all of the notes, and, and particularly the, the, so the scientific notifications and everything will be in those outlines. Praise the Lord. You can follow right along there and say, mm-hmm. And you can you, you do like I do, sit up here and do your best to look smart enough to understand what you're saying. <laughs> Amen. Gloria, you look stunning today. Do I look smart? Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, we, we're both smarter because we've, been, we've spent yesterday with Caroline Leaf. Well, every little bit helped. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for sending Caroline to us. Thank we receive you, her anointing. We receive the blessing of the Lord through her. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let, let's go back to our, our um, golden text in 2 Timothy 1, mm -hmm. 7. 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Everybody wants a sound mind, but you must have a healthy, sound brain through which the mind functions. Now, Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. This will transform you by the renewing of your mind. And yesterday, I, I'd, I'd never had this thought of, while, while, you were, while you were teaching. Word replacement. Word replacement. We have the Word of God to replace the words that we learned in childhood and learned uh, and, and data gathered in our brains uh, through the world. But we thank God have supernatural word and thought replacement. Mm. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. Powerful. Isn't that, isn't that? Powerful. Uh, yeah. But that renewing your mind to the word is, is what transform you. And I, I remember uh, discussing this before with you. Uh, how do you renew your mind? Jesus said, why take ye thought saying? You take a thought and say it. If I've been taking the wrong thought and saying it, thoughts of unbelief, thoughts of fear, thoughts of unforgiveness, and saying them, then they're, they're, they're damaging me, spirit, soul, and body. Because that's not what God created us to do, and that's not what He created us to think. But I go to the Word, and I find the Word thought replacement for that. Mm -hmm. And I take that thought and say it. I am not filled with fear. I've not been given a spirit of fear. Therefore, I refuse to fear. I've been given a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Amen. And I keep taking that, go to the, go to the book mm -hmm. and take that thought and say it. Take that thought and say it. Take that thought and say it. Just continue that. Take that thought and say it. You say something long enough for it to register on your heart, it will begin to control your life. Yes. So I take that thought and say it. There's coming a time when it's going to come out of my mouth without me having to think. My mind's renewed in that point. And it's a continuous process. It's a continual renewing. You know, it's, it's, and that's what, in, this, in all my work, but in this book, I've really tried to challenge people to do that. 
and given people the tools for how to renew your mind. Because when I worked with my patients, which had all kinds of, from the neurological problems, like learning problems, traumatic brain injuries, dementias, etc., to the one, to the emotional side, because we, we've got emotions and we've got our issues. It's the human condition. We go through the sufferings of life. And as, as we deal with that, people wanted me to help them, as well as helping myself. How do you renew your mind? How do you bring, so we know the scriptures. And, and most people have heard those are very, very well, often spoken scriptures. But how do you do it? Now, Jesus was extremely practical. So I've tried to get very practical in my application of science. And this book is really a toolbox of how to renew your mind, the elements that are involved and the process that are involved. How do you do this as a lifestyle oh, so, so that good. you don't die 15 to 25 years Amen. younger than you should? Because there's something you can do that no one else can do. So if you're dying 15 to 25 years younger, and if you're living a shorter lifespan, broken, depressed, not achieving your purpose without hope, the whole world suffers because we live entangled lives. We connected, Ephesians 4.16. I mean, there's just throughout the scriptures, we are connected. We call to get wisdom, to get understanding. So I challenge people to go beyond, to study, to, to really develop your mind. And to and how to do that. So how? What are the practical steps involved in renewing how, your mind on a daily basis? How is this generation shortening their their lifespan? By two things. First of all, mind management, and it's not just it's not just um, our children and grandchildren and great grandchildren and so on. Not that I've got any grandchildren yet. I've got grand dogs, but not grandchildren yet. Um, <laughs> But it's also our current, so my, my age group, your age group, whatever, we are also, people are dying way much, much younger. Two things. One is the misunderstanding and mismanagement of mind. So the top one on that list, the, the, the big picture, mind and then diet. Okay, so yes. the correct diet, exercise, etc. So looking after the 1% physical, that changed radically 50 years ago and people's, the industrialized food movement came in, so we started destroying the earth and our body. So that's another discussion. The big mind, the mind one is the main one. Both, you have to address both. You can't address one without the other. But let's talk about the mind one. Top in the list of the reasons, and this will really, really blow your mind too, in a good sense, why people are dying younger is chaotic thinking, not bringing thoughts mm -hmm. under control, not controlling those thoughts. And that's why one of the things that I talk about in this book is how our thinking has shifted over the generations. Every generation faces something new, every generation. That's not unusual. But each generation has a unique issue. And we have a very unique issue in this generation that's not just affecting our kids, it's affecting the adults too. There's been a massive shift in mind management and part of it is the drugs that people are using to not deal with issues, suppressing like antidepressants and so on. Um, and they're not dealing with toxic thoughts. We're not talking about stuff. We're not building our brains. So in the mind, it's chaotic thoughts. It is a lack of identity. It is mislabeling of mental ill health, not understanding what that really is, not recognizing the human condition. So it's mismanagement of mind. So chaotic thinking, mismanagement of, of, of mental health, um, the lack of identity, these are major causes that are breaking the, in our mind, 
that are then creating this chaos in our mind. And our mind is now working through the brain. The poor brain just does what the mind tells it to do. So if you take your computer and you throw it on the floor, your computer won't work. So when we don't get our minds right, we don't capture the, we, those thoughts, when we don't develop our spiritual nature and understand or develop, um, I mean, get to know our spiritual nature, how we think, feel and choose and so on, then we are throwing our computer on the floor. We're pushing through this chaotic energy and it's not energy is not something weird no energy we don't exist as bishop barclay said 350 years ago we exist because god supplies the energy for existence um, we are existing because god is looking but if we take this power that we have that god has given us to think feel and choose which generates energy through our brain and we don't think feel and choose correctly we generate the wrong energy a distortion of the truth that fear we don't have a spirit of fear but we can learn to fear so mm -hmm. we are wired for love, but we learn to fear. So then we shoot this negative energy through our brain, which breaks down the brain. It creates neurochemical chaos. And because the brain and the body collectively work together, controlled by the brain, and they collectively are made of 75 to 100 trillion cells, every thought that you think instantaneously, because of the quantum nature of a thought, instantaneously affects the entire 75 to 100 trillion cells of the brain and the body. So we have this causative effect of the power of our thoughts on the physical nature, which then feeds back into the mind. And we set up these negative feedback loops. So people are walking around with uncontrolled thought life, incorrect mm -hmm. mindsets, etc. So what I've tried to do is show in, in this particular book, all my books I talk about the, the food and the mind, brain, whatever. This one I've got very, very hands-on and practical. Where I've shown people, okay, this is what's happening in our current age with technology, with the philosophy, the worldviews that are dominating. And it's not, just the, it's not just out there, it's in the church too. This worldview has penetrated the church too. Um, I'll talk about mindsets. What is a mindset? How we've got to get our like, mindsets contain power, and we and like a like mindset is like um, forgiveness, thinking mindset, a gratitude, happiness. There's 15 mindsets that I've identified through my research that we naturally have wired into us, but we choose to activate. They contain power. We also need to understand the uniqueness. You know, we know all about, we love to say we're unique and we love to quote those scriptures, but do you really understand the science of what it means to be unique? Do you really understand how you think, feel and choose in your unique way, your unique perceptions? Because if you do, and that's a process, a lifelong process of learning to understand your customized way that you think. But it's vital that we do do that because as we understand the customized way we think, that's how we then activate the correct mindset. Because when you understand how you think, you know how to control your thoughts, which means you then choose to stay in forgiveness and, and forgiveness mindset and not in a forgiveness mindset. Well, you have some idea of the consequences on both sides of the ledger. Exactly, you do. You'll get that. Yeah, you'll particularly get that. if, you're, if you're a student of the Word, and uh, you know that as you as you think, so are you. Well, exactly. And you said something very significant a few moments ago related to what you've just said. Now you said that you practice, practice, practice. Eventually, you get it. And that's the other thing: memory. We have to build. We're always building memory. We're learning. We're thinking beings. We're always thinking all day long. You think, feel, and choose, and you build memories. So you can't get away from it. It's the design of who we are. So we may as well think, feel, and choose, and build the correct memories. Get into those habits of thinking the correct thoughts. Getting God's wisdom. Accessing the wisdom of God, so that you know my thoughts above your thoughts. All those scriptures. There's a science behind how to do that. There's science that confirms that 
those thoughts are above our thoughts and those thoughts are potential that we can access should we choose to align with our spiritual nature, our normal, natural, wide, full of nature. The scripture just flashed across my mind from the 55th chapter of Isaiah. My ways are higher than, are higher than your ways. Exactly. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to renew our mind too. So, but he didn't just leave us there. He said, my word goes forth out of my mouth. It'll not return to me void. It will accomplish those things I desire and it'll prosper. The word will prosper. That when we, when we finally learn that God's smarter than we are, <laughs> that his, his, his thoughts have been given to us in this marvelous book. And uh, that, that makes the book as powerful as he is because these are his thoughts. This is his mind. So, um, and, the, and the born again person has the mind of Christ. So, that, that, that word came up again, word replacement, it's equals a, thought replacement, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it does, and there's a scientific word for that, that um, one of the parts of the research and theory that I developed, and it's called reconceptualization. I so like the word science replacement. Of word replacement, so the, <laughs> but, which is easier, but that's basically what you're doing. You're reconceptualizing, redesigning the way that you're thinking into the correct alignment. You're aligning with the correct way of thinking. You know, there's a, an Oxford mathematician, Sir Roger Penrose, who's still alive, who's one of the greatest minds of the century, also in his 80s, and he's actually done the mathematical and quantum calculations, which is really interesting, to show that we are immersed in love potential. So the, we literally live in the energy of love potential, and, put, and there's a lot of science behind that, but I'm trying to make it as simple as I can. But potential means the potential to become something, yeah. to actualize. So, with our, so we literally, as humanity, aren't just immersed in nothing. We literally are immersed in God's wisdom. Because that love reality that he's shown with all these calculations to try and get a handle on understanding it shows that we are living in um, the potential of wisdom, that we can, when we align with God, we are activating the ethical values of goodness. Everything that is good from God is there and waiting for us. So as we choose to step into the love zone, and that's why I have the green and the toxic plant show, you've seen me teach many times with this, that's the love zone and that's the fear zone. When we, here we are in the middle, when we make a daily decision, as we bring every thought into captivity, those 30,000 to 180 thoughts, we have the choice every 10 seconds to say, okay, I'm going to redesign, re, what was the word you were using? Re, word replacement. Re, re, word replacement, which, thought replacement. Which, which starts with thoughts, then the words will reconceptualize. At this point, I can choose, am I going to listen to or step into wisdom and access and access that potential, or am I going to distort that and step into the distortion of the truth, which is the fear zone? And that's the power that we have, and that's what science says we can do every 10 seconds. So our goal should be to, every 10 seconds, be talking to the Spirit of God. Otherwise, you're going to make bad decisions. That's really what it's saying, choose life. And so it's really a, not a nice spiritual, nice to know, um, magic potion, scripture kind of thing. It is a reality. It has, and that's where science is so amazing because science shows us the impact 
and the effect of that choice that we're going to make on our physical brains right. and bodies and not just on ourselves we're in relationship with people so our decisions affect each other affect our families affecting this generation affect the next four generations which means eternity so your your thoughts each thought each thought as you give birth to a thought it gives birth and it grows and that is now starting something that never dies think of it like that every mm. single thought never dies so this research in quantum physics shows if we choose to build the truth that zone we are creating life but when we choose to distort and choose to get the bitterness unforgiveness whatever it may be envy jealousy whatever we are distorting the natural environment we going we are in we are literally taking a toxic wave which toxic energy from this side and putting it into this beautiful love realm that God has created for us and we create this distortion and this is why you can walk into an environment where people are toxic and you can feel it because as Einstein showed us we all emitting energy that's not something weird you're alive you you you're giving off energy, energy. this exactly yeah. so this is toxic spirit energy abnormal that's our default normal energy and so we pick up those from each other and that adds a layer of distortion on top of that so it has to be eliminated to perfect love cast out fear so we have to then you take that thought exactly and you redesign and it honor it with words exactly you make it come alive you have really brought life into it what on one either side exactly you've yeah. turned you've turned a potential into an actuality yeah. you created yeah. a reality you're creating your reality so you think feel choose bold Thank and then God you create the reality exactly that we can acknowledge and rewire that's the beauty yeah. this is not your destiny we all this is the human condition we react incorrectly and that is why we need to learn how to access wisdom so we can rewire i did some of the first neuroplasticity research back in the 80s and i was told you mentioned earlier and in the first uh, first last week you mentioned about the fact that um, i was told it was a ridiculous question because you've heard me tell you this story before um, I, a lot of my professors told me that this is ridiculous to think that you can change your brain with your mind your mind and your brain are the same thing and i said no they're not the same thing they're separate and if you change your mind you can change your brain and i showed it with my research by the mid 1990s it was accepted so generally science is 20 years ahead of what we see in education and so on and so on but even science can be 20 years ahead of itself you know and and this is where we can learn from where do you think i got my insight it's from understanding the spiritual nature of man through the scriptures through understanding that which gave me insight into something that i then managed to try and work through the science to help me understand so that i could help people change their mind that's what i did with my patients that was my objective now i reach millions with this but my initial objective was to help people that had had broken lives from oh, yeah. various different whatever <clears throat> the necessary truth is 1 Corinthians 13:13. Yes, yes. Now abides or now lives these three: faith, hope, and love. These are spiritual forces. Total. And spiritual forces are the most powerful forces in the universe. Mhm. Far more powerful than intellectual. Mm -hmm. Certainly more powerful than physical. They are intellectual. Love is so intellectual. but good intellectual so we we have love intellect and we have fear intellect this is the lack of you know what i'm saying so we the next step from the intellect is when you 
speak it, it becomes spirit. You're creating reality. Yeah. yeah. You're creating your next and reality. And then that mysterious force called faith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the substance of the spiritual force of hope. Exactly. The evidence. And it is backed by himself who is love. Exactly. <laughs> love it. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. My, my, my. Um, of course, because of what God called me to do 50, almost 52 years ago, um, faith is the, the mandate of my life. And um, he, some people say, you don't preach the whole counsel of God. I don't know the whole counsel of God. I, I wasn't called, I was called to specialize in, the, in to teach God's people faith. So every time we're talking about anything, it, it, it always just comes up faith to me. Yeah, because it's your perspective. And that's the creative force of God. But oh my goodness, when the, when the human man, the human being, born again of the Spirit of God, with the mind of Christ, taking good care of his physical body, exactly. walking by faith and living by love. I'm telling you, there's, whoa. You know what I say to people? Magnificent. There's magnificence in that. Yes. What I say to people now around the world, one of the questions I ask people is, what does love look like? And if you ask yourself in your life, what does love look like? Every decision needs to be aligned with love because that's where the correct reality will come from. That's where wisdom resides, etc., etc. And those are concepts that we all hear spiritually a lot, but how do you do that? You know, and that's, like I want the, the mindsets, the 15 mindsets are like powerful, practical ways of understanding what love looks like. Would you join Gloria and me in welcoming Dr. Caroline Leaf to this broadcast again today? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. Do you realize what a real privilege it is to sit here with such two beautiful yes. young women? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody said, Brother Copeland, how do you live with somebody that anointed? <laughs> and I said, very carefully. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> we're talking about this. We're actually, um, Caroline's talking from her book, Think, Learn, and Succeed, Understanding and Using Your Mind to Thrive at School, the Workplace, and Life. Where were you 60 years ago when I needed you, girl? <laughs> when I was the dumbest kid in the class. I, I, really, I really needed this. No, oh. you weren't the dumbest. You just were the most disinterested. Oh, thank you, Gloria. That, <laughs> hey, that's so nice. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. That's true. It's really not true. <laughs> well, yeah, I was disinterested and dumb both, I think. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's look at our, our golden text for this week. In um, 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. I like to read it like this. God has not given us the spirit of fear. We know that's the devil. 
He is the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. He is the fear, spirit of fear, and he's also the spirit of death. Mm-hmm. So fear and death run hand in hand. Mm-hmm. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, mm-hmm. and the spirit of a sound yes, mind. A worry-filled mind is not a sound mind. An unforgiving mind is not a sound mind. It's a sick mind. That's the two um, illustrations over here. That that mess on the right, full of death. I was looking for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's up my thinking, girl. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> but a, a love-filled mind, oh, glory to God. I, uh, Gloria Jean Copeland taught me how to love. It's beautiful. And all these years, we, we'll be married 57 years in April. It's incredible. And... Uh, We've never, we've, we've never had any kind of an argument. I did. I argued. But she never would argue back. So That's it, good. That's good really, advice. Really, she, she mm. just wouldn't do it. Incredible. And so, uh, and then at six months after we got married, both of us accepted the Lord Jesus, were born again. And, of course, our lives then totally changed. But even all through all of those years, we've lived without argument. We've lived without, without a, a, a household of strife. Praise God. And I think about all of the, the bad things we missed. I mean, there are all kinds of terrible um, household situations that we just passed by because of a loving wife. Praise God. And I, I, I just can't express it enough. And, and I'm in good health today because of it. Yeah, too, definitely. So, amen. You've been very loving and kind and dear and generous. Well, I'm, I'm really I've working I've never asked anyway. Kenneth for anything in the financial realm or any other that he turned me down. Now, that's the kind of guy y'all want to have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> amen. All right, praise God. Let's get back into this. Caroline. Yes, I'm all ears. <laughs> all ready to, to dive in. We were talking yesterday about, I uh, said the question that I, overarching question that I ask people is, what does love look like? And to make that practical, we have this power, love, and sound mind. We're in a world today that's defining mental health as this huge, big, scary phenomenon that we, that is on the rise. And all these statistics out there and it's a fear mongering it's creating tremendous fear amongst people and it's increasing chaotic thinking and one of the things i mentioned yesterday was that people are dying 15 to 25 years younger from the mismanagement of mind and when you bring a spirit of fear into a into a global community you start also creating chaos in the mind and you start creating the, the potential for early death and etc so what I want to try and do is help people understand what love looks like and how can you make sure you're accessing the wisdom of God make it very hands-on tangible and one of the most logical things is I, I mentioned in this book I talk about 15 different mindsets that you can use to see am I am I operating in love 
And the one of them is quite, uh, the first one is called the thinker mindset. We designed uh, this. We designed to think. We designed to be deeply intellectual. And what's very interesting is that you, you read the scriptures yesterday, and I'm sure you read them again about the fact that our, you know, our carnal nature, God's thoughts are above our thoughts, and our carnal nature doesn't. Our physical is not going to last. I explained on the first on Monday. I explained about how our spiritual nature is 99 percent mm, of that's our, so good. and one percent is the physical. So what we see from the thinker mindset, which is an essential mindset that when you wake up in the morning, we need to make sure we're activating that, is that our brain actually physically and body, brain and body physically need a rest because the mind is so powerful, the spirit is so powerful. So if you don't rest your mind, if, I mean, sorry, if you don't rest your brain by resting your mind, your brain will break down. And that can in, in itself lead to very chaotic cognitive dissonance inside the brain. So they, to what that means is just simply switching off to the external and switching onto the internal and allowing yourself to connect with the spirit of God and allowing your mind to literally daydream, to wonder. And as you're doing that, it's very, um, it's a brilliant exercise for increasing your intellect, your imagination, your creativity, because you're accessing the wisdom of God. You also get tremendous insight into those intrusive thoughts that 94% of the global population battle with intrusive thoughts. So it's not something just limited to someone with a label of OCD, which we shouldn't be giving because OCD is not a scientific entity at all. It's just a description of thoughts that are popping up that are intrusive. What and is that? And in, OCD stands for um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. in the world today where we're trying to, where the mind approach 50 years ago shifted. Instead of looking at the person in context with their story and this going through the human condition, the sufferings of life, the traumas, the general reactions to life, instead of considering that and the socioeconomic and the, you know, all the, these factors, that's all been removed and people's with people's uniqueness and spiritual side is ignored. The person's dehumanized. This is the shift that happened 50 years ago. So the person's story hasn't been considered important. So that takes away this, this fundamental thing that we as humans need to do, and that's think deeply. Really get in touch with our spirit man. And what the research shows is that if you don't spend at least one 15-minute time during the course of the day where you just close your eyes, put down everything and just let your mind wander and just imagine and create, you actually damage the physical brain. Ideally, we should do that more often. And what that's revealing to us is it starts helping us to access the spirit, our spiritual nature. It also helps to see what's blocking our spiritual nature. So an intrusive thought, like constant, you know, that's when you get insight into these thoughts that are maybe you, the envy or the jealousy or the anger or these things that pop up that you've given too much energy to. Because it says in James 1, 13 through 15, as you know the scripture, God's not God that tempts us. It's we that choose to give birth to the sin, and the sin will grow, grow and then bring forth death. That's 13 through 15, that concept. Now, we see that scientifically as well. If we don't think about our thinking, and if we don't take time to build towards every six times a minute we are connecting with the Spirit of God, we do this by having a thinking mindset where we build in segments during the day where we train ourselves to switch off to the external and tune into the spiritual. If we don't do that, we actually damage the brain. Let me plug scripture in there. Yeah. In Joshua 1, 8. Mm -hmm. Now, um, sitting up, lying down, <laughs> the whole they're, they're, they've, they've spent their 40 years and it's now time to go across that Jordan. Mm -hmm. 
And Joshua hadn't been there in 40 years. Now, last time he was there, there was some really big people over there in these walled cities and all of that. So that's still in his mind. Yeah. That's, that's the memory that he has exactly. of that place. So now he's, he's about to go over there. And God begins to speak to him about his mind. And he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Another, my word shall not, don't you be saying anything other than what you got from me. Exactly. Don't be said, don't be talking about what you, what you saw over there and what you've been through for the last 40 years. Don't be, don't, don't be talking about that. Thou shalt meditate, the Hebrew word is mutter, or to talk to yourself. Therein, day and night, that's what it's just what you got through exactly. describing, that you may observe or that you may see into how to do according to all that's written therein. Exactly. Then... It will make Think, it. learn, succeed. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Exactly. That's just exactly, exactly what, yes. what, what you, the, the, working, the, the title of your book. Exactly. And he said, have I not commanded you be strong and be of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. The Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever you go. But if you don't meditate on that, it won't be long the giants get back on your mind. Well, exactly. You're going to then allow whatever you give energy to will grow. Whatever you think about the most grows physically in your brain. So every time that you think, you feel. Every time you think and feel, you choose. Every time you do that spiritual stuff, you create structural change in Pray, your brain. God, you build. It. You build thoughts. So you're either building trees of healing, Revelation 32, 1 through 5, or you're building leaves of destruction, trees of destruction with every single thought. And they can always be changed. You know, we can change everything. Hope is over here. Hope is over there. This is the substance and evidence, Hebrews 11, 1. The faith is the substance and yeah. evidence of things hoped for. The so you're meditating in this. Yes. And the more you look at it, and the more you look at it, and the more you look at it, you don't let it depart from your eyes. You begin to see yourself. You do. You see yourself differently. So on a day-to-day -day basis, we have to think you wake up in the morning and you're dealing with life. You've got kids, family, work, whatever. You have to be in that zone. You have to live in that love zone, in the perfect you zone. And that's a choice that you're making every 10 seconds. And then you're accessing, then you're doing that. Because if you're in the love zone, you're going to access the wisdom of God. So then as you speak into that, uh, respond to that email, respond to your children, respond to your spouse, respond to your boss, whatever it may be, in the, you are actually operating from that zone. So you become like a radio. And a radio takes a non-physical light wave and through complex electronic equipment converts it. And then it's, you hear the sound. We are that radio in the middle and we need to access this wisdom, this energy from the love energy and let it transform us by the renewing of our mind and all that stuff and so that we speak that word in season, that we don't sound like a clanging gong. So there's all the scriptures. Scientifically, it's exactly that you will speak what you have been thinking about, what you give energy to. Mm -hmm. So if I remove oh, yeah. energy from the toxicity, if I focus on God's thoughts, the love zone, I remove energy from this. When this has no energy, this dies. 
you speak into that mountain, you cast it into the sea. I mean, there's just endless scripture and science that blend together, point, proving the point that we as powerful human beings are able to create our next reality. Well, and that Proverbs next reality 18. is... Yes. It's, it's, just, it's so simple, you have to have help to misunderstand. Exactly, but people do misunderstand. It says <laughs> the power of death and life are in the tongue. Exactly, which comes from the mind. But the tongue, the tongue work. is tied to this. Exactly, which is tied to your What's mind. in here comes out, out here. Of your mouth, yeah. And we've got to control it before it comes you, out. Yeah. Or when it comes out, we've got to self-regulate. And that's the other thing. We have to live self-regulated lives. If we've got to bring every thought into captivity, we have that means that we are regulating what am I saying? What is my reaction? Am I observing my own body movements now? Am I looking at you? Am I really listening? Am I looking at the impact that I'm having in my next conversation? Or am I just blabbing on chaotic thoughts, pouring out these things, being this clanging gong? Or am I really taking... It doesn't mean you slow down. It just means that you connect with power correctly. Mm -hmm. And the correct power, not accessing the distorted power. Now you're back to choice. It's choice. Yeah. You Are you choosing choose life or death? You have to choose. It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice, and that requires discipline, and that requires work. And we live today in a very fast-paced life where William Davis's poem, that what is this life if full of care, we have no time to stand and stare, to stand beneath the boughs and share as long, stare as long as sheep and cows. I mean, I'm quoting a poem, but we are so connected that we're disconnected. We're so busy gathering data that we don't think through the data. We are so connected in this technological age that we are the loneliest that we have ever been ever in history. The youth in the United States of America are considered the loneliest youth globally. More people die annually from loneliness and the lack of love than any other disease known to mankind. So disconnection Say that from... Again, more people are dying from the lack of love... Lack of love. Lone, and ...which goes hand in hand with loneliness than any other disease known to mankind. We, our energy is growing as we connect with each other, the energy of life. So when we're alone, we get into toxic patterns and that kills our body, literally. So through our mind, we are wiping out our physical nature. That's why we have to interact, inter integrate, we have to entangle our lives with other people, which is a law of quantum physics. Every single law in quantum physics is a law that is spiritual, entanglement means the law of relationship. We are designed as humanity for relationship, primarily with God, first and foremost, with the source. Prayer, heaven is at hand, so God is all around us. We're immersed in God's wisdom. And then secondly, we manifest this love with each other through our relation, relationships. Love is always connected. What, isn't, what, what needs to be broken is incorrect love, so distorted love. So when people are alone, when people are in, have gone through abuse and trauma, that kind of thing, if you don't forgive, which is a mindset, the forgiven after the thinker mindset, which we were talking about when we started the show, we're taking time to really think things through, you need to have a forgiveness mindset. Mm -hmm. Because in the morning when you wake <laughs> up, the first thing you need to think, I talk about these mindsets like dressing yourself, literally. 
dress yourself, your first piece of clothing, like, like we put on the word, and et cetera, et cetera, this aligned with that. I have to wake up immediately and say, I'm going to think today. I'm going to control my thoughts. I'm going to, every 10 seconds, I'm going to make sure that I take time to rest my brain so I don't get so tired that I can't access the wisdom of God. I'm going to know that during the course of today, there is bound to be someone who says or does or emails something that is going to um, going to offend me or whatever, or going to upset me or something like that. So I, I start my day with a forgiveness mindset where I know I'm going to not get caught up in something. If something comes up from the past that I've gone through some sort of trauma or something like that, I, I determine to have a forgiveness mindset because that means that I disentangle from that 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 toxic environment that otherwise I've got energy still supplying it. So if you think of the world of eternity, the, the spiritual world. It's something we don't fully understand, but quantum physics starts giving us a glimpse. And we see that there is no space-time dimension. And now we understand that God talks about God created time, so God's beyond space and time. God is alwaysness. God is eternal. So what we have in our spirit man is this eternal nature which we know. So we see scientifically now, we can start seeing through the science of quantum physics this, a hint of this eternal nature. And one thing we see from the science of quantum physics is that when two particles are put into relationship, you can separate those particles by whatever distance you want. They're still entangled. So if one turns this way, the other will turn that way. If we translate that back to humanity, to life, to day-to-day -day living, that means that you and I, we friends, we've connected, we talk, there's a love connection. Before I met you, the, personally, there was still a love connection because love is always connected. But the bond grows bigger as you connect with people. Now, let's say that there's people in our lives that have hurt us. That is a toxic relationship. Love relationships can never be broken. They can only be grown, but a toxic relationship can be broken, and that's what forgiveness does. So in the quantum world, there's like this invisible connection. There's no space or time. There's a connection that we don't understand. It's called non-locality and also non-time, which is God's nature. So now. Now. So, God's now. Exactly. So if you, if He's someone, always now. It's always now. Yeah. So we have that in our nature. So if someone's hurt you or traumatized you or whatever, that means it's always now until I forgive. As soon as I forgive, I disconnect the toxic entanglement because it's abnormal and I'm now no longer connected. If I stay connected, I keep giving energy to this and it grows and grows and grows. So even if I don't think I'm thinking about it, it's still there. It's still there. That person may be 10,000 miles away and they think about you, but in an ugly way, you've still got a direct line of connection. I'm still plugged in. So forgiveness is an unplugging. So that's a mindset we need to put on. I need another mindset. We have to control our thinking. How many could have, would have, should have, if only, um, are we wasting our time during, during, during the day? What, are we just reacting, shooting from the hip? Do I determine in the morning to wake up and decide, I'm going to think today? The scripture just to jumped forgive, into my thinking. There is therefore no. now. 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 You can't say now while it go. Now. <laughs> exactly, it's always nowness. It's now. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Exactly, because the past, present, and future all blend into one. And that is actually been shown by quantum physics. They are showing this incredible nature where the, where of nowness, which is this. So time, as we understand it in the physical realm, like so now, tomorrow, next week. You're, you're lying in the bed at <laughs> night thinking about all the things you wish you hadn't done. But you did. So you got to face reality. I did that. 
But thank God for the blood. You can rewire thank it. Thank God for, for repentance and exactly. cleansing from all unrighteousness. Exactly. And the devil just bombarding you. You just stop him right where he is. No, no, Satan. That was then. This is now. Exactly. You've reconceptualized it. now. Exactly. You've reconceptualized that. Redesign, reconceptualize. So it's part of your story. But as Paul says, once I was like that, now I'm like this. So you remember how you were, but you're no longer bound by that. Do you know that there's more books on guilt and shame in the Christian environment than in any other environment? Why? Why are we people writing so many books about guilt and shame when that's not something that in itself is toxic? It keeps us stuck in the pain. It's, it's like saying, God, I don't really believe that Jesus rose, faced the Gethsemane, went, got into Gethsemane, faced the pain, and rose again. We have to... Let's take that about what you just said about sorrow and shame. It's extremely important. We're out of time. Would you join me in, in welcoming Dr. Leaf to this broadcast today? Thank you. Caroline, thank, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And, um, and may I ask you this? Is Gloria good looking today or not? Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, what do you want? <laughs> we'll talk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about what you said. There are two things that, that yesterday's broadcast really said something to me. You can make a decision once and for all or you'll have to make it 50,000 times a day. But there are certain things that you decide and it's that way forever. You don't even pray about it again. This is it. And the other is when you were talking about waking up in the morning and making decisions for that day. Well, when it comes to being slow to anger, quick to repent, and quick to forgive, you make that decision, a quality decision. It's a decision about which there's no more debate. I am going to walk in love. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live this mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this by the grace and the help of the Spirit of God that lives within me. I am going to do it. It's a commandment. It is not um, optional in the kingdom of God. If you're going to be a Christian, that's what you're going to do. The other is he bore literally he bore my shame because I cannot do one single thing about yesterday. There's an old country song. Yesterday is dead and gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone, brother. Let her die. <laughs> Amen. If you don't, you will live your life in condemnation. Condemnation has never, ever changed anything. It just makes things worse. Now we're beginning to learn why it makes things worse. Because you're actually living in condemnation. 
you're killing your brain. And the brain is the go-between between the mind and the spirit. The mind has to have the brain to use in order to, to bring the spirit man to ascendancy where you are spirit, soul, or say it like this, spirit and intellect and body. That should be the order of it. Your spirit being should be uh, in ascendancy and have command over the other two through the Word of God. But with a, without a sound mind, which has to have a healthy brain, the whole system is going to suffer because it's an integrated system. Exactly. And this business of shame and reproach and living in a life of shame because of the, the, the way you've conducted your life in the past, born-again believers, ch children of God have no business with that. You have to forgive yourself at some point. Yeah, you do. To make it work. Yeah, and I like, if I've heard Gloria say this, I've heard her say, get over it. <laughs> get over it. And um, I was talking to uh, the military, whole room full of soldiers. And uh, and we got to talking about what Gloria says. But Gloria says, get over it. And one of those guys hollered out, Brother Copeland, I see it. I said, what did you see? He said, get over yeah, it. Amen. Okay. Get over it. That's right. In other words, you get ascendancy over it. See, a soldier's trained to take the high ground. And that's the way he was thinking. Your spirit man should have the high ground. Amen. Amen. And, it is, and it's that, that's natural, as we've been saying on the, on the broadcast, I, I said on Monday, about how our spirit's the 99% of us. Yeah. And the physical is the brain and body's 1%. It doesn't mean that it's not important because it's 1%, because as you've but explained, you, exactly. So in other words, you're going to your, it's how we, ex we express our spirit through our brain and our body because that's where the thoughts are built, and then we speak, we use our tongue, etc. So we need our physical to express who we are, the nature, but we've got to make sure that, that what we're expressing is aligned with what we're supposed to be doing. So we, and that's a decision when you wake up in the morning. This is what I would do with my patients, what I've done with myself, and it doesn't, it's, it's work, it's work. That's what I'm finding in this day and age. People are wanting the quick fix, the tablet to make the pain go away or the, you know, just use God like a genie. And, and I say that to, in, in, it concerns me. People, I'm just going to say this, but I say the scripture and now God fix it. No, you are the one that has to deal with mm -hmm. the stuff. You know, Jesus modeled that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He modeled the fact that he faced the issue went through the issue and rose, which is, yes, there's all the other things, and I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying there's another message there where, we are, where Jesus modeled how we're supposed to deal with our stuff. We don't, don't squish it and hide it. You actually face it. You sweat blood. You deal with it. But you also don't deal with it alone because his disciples went to sleep, and he woke them up and said, can you not sit with me just for an hour? He didn't ask them to take his issue. He asked them to support him. So in other words, we get a model there of how humanity is supposed to behave. Deal with your issue, 
but get through it, your, your thing, yeah. okay? And also, yeah, support each other in love, not judgment, not condemnation, not you should be doing this, not Bible bashing, not laws, rules, but love, which looks different for each person. And research shows that as you de determine to, to go into that mode, you increase a person's resilience by activating certain genetic switches in the brain that enable a person to face that stuff. But alone, we can't do it, we die alone. And that's what the research, I mentioned that in yesterday's broadcast, that more people die annually from the lack of love, from loneliness than any other disease known to mankind. Mm -hmm. So that's why coming to your, you've got a certain things you have to make a decision you know, about. We you, have you have to wake up. Very close friend, young man that's um, in a ministry, name's Dean Sykes. His, he's, he ministers to teenage um, school-age children. It is amazing. It's shocking how many teenagers contemplating suicide. Yes. And, and, and it's the result of what you're talking about. It is, and I've done a podcast on that. On, I've got a lot of podcasts where I talk about the suicide rate. It used to be one every 15 minutes. Now that between the ages of 10 and 18, it's up to one in every, well, it's, it's actually across from the age of eight all the way through every age group. It's almost one every 45 seconds. And the, part of it- Even today, the public schools are inviting Dean in that, to deal to talk with about this. that. And, yeah. and he, he's, he just takes them through um, just the fact that they matter. Well, that's the thing. You can't tell someone that they're a label or that they're a broken machine or that they just whack on, because that's what the approach is these days, is if you totally, if you do something just a little different or whatever, you're not allowed to talk about it. You get labeled as a behavioral issue or this yeah. label, this label, and medicated. And these children are getting medicated with drugs that are killing them. And that, I'm not talking about the illegal drugs. I'm talking about legal drugs, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. Oh and Ritalin. These are oh, killing our terrible. children. They are killing our children. And they're not being allowed to deal with this stuff. They're not being allowed to be children. Our school systems are so broken. And these, their children are not being allowed to express their emotions. You know, to keep your brain healthy, you have to face this and redesign it reconceptualize it. If you keep it, it becomes toxic waste. If you don't allow someone to talk about, I've gone through this bullying, I've gone through this, which is what not we're not allowing our children to do. The, even parents, they did a st study looking at what, asking children between the ages of 12 and 18, what is the main thing you want from your parents? And you know what they said? To listen to us. We, I've got so many, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. We should be tuning into our children and listening to them and helping them. We shouldn't be just labeling them and drugging them. There's so many factors involved in suicide, but suicide's also affecting all age groups. It's just that the, it's stretched into even four-year-olds are committing suicide. How does, how does a four-year-old even have, the, have that pain that they want well, to end you, their don't life? Don't you bring shame right into the into that mix. It is because they've been... It's, 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 it's at the heart of exactly. it. Exactly. If, you, if you're not being recognized for your identity, if, you, if you're not being listened to, you have a story. If I don't stop and say, what is your story? And hear you. I'm, I'm overriding your identity. I'm overriding the you-ness, the humanity in you. What's there to live for? You remove hope before there's even any hope to begin with. And then one more label on top of another, one more adults telling you things and then you goes into adulthood and the patterns are set up and you get these relationships that are broken so we as a society we see this massive change 
it's been, we've always had problems. The human condition has always been with us. But we certainly see a major shift that occurred 50 years ago in the management of mind. Prior to that, we still allowed people to talk about their feelings and talk about their emotions and talk about what they were going through and recognize and then teach them to move forward. The Gethsemane, the, the Gethsemane model. Now that's not the model. The model is oh, slightly looking for this neurological approach. You are your brain, you're a computer, um, you've got this weird behavior. Within 15 minutes, check the boxes. Okay, you have this label, you this drug, move on, you have a mental disorder. That's, that's broken the person. You, where's the hope? Where's, it's condemnation, it's guilt, it's mm -hmm. shame. Yeah. And then if you're in the church environment, it almost makes it worse sometimes, and it shouldn't, because now you're not supposed to be feeling that. So why aren't you faithful enough? And so there's been a, almost like a breakdown in connection between how we deliver the spiritual message of love and the practical application of it. So we, we need to allow people in the church as well to say, not to talk negative, I, I agree with that, but they may have to, what I call, freak out in the love zone. So that is literally go through the pain in a safe zone, in that safe environment where you know that you're in the arms of God, whatever you visualize, whatever scriptures you use to help you. But people help you to get to that point where you freak out in the love zone, where you work through that issue, and then you move forward. You don't get stuck there. And, you know, you also said something very interesting earlier on about um, that, how, you know, things that are in the past are over. We can't, we shouldn't let them come back and haunt us. If something is haunting us, and it'll be in the form of an intrusive thought, an intrusive toxic thought, which is causing damage in the brain and therefore damaging our bodies. We can, by adopting a mindset of thinking, we can actually identify those so that when they identify, they're not in the dark, they're in the light. So when something's in the light, it becomes weakened because we can see it now. And we see physically inside the brain as well that as soon as you acknowledge or, and recognize, hey, this is a pattern of thought that's negative, I can deal with this because it's now weakened. So the awareness of if you shine a light on the, on the darkness, it's weaker. Weaker means I can overpower it because I've got a powerful mind. That's a very powerful message to help someone who's in pain to say, yes, you're facing the pain, but to quote Gloria, get over it. We, we've got to let them face it to get over it. That's what Jesus did. He faced it and then he got over it. And there was a, there's that eternal thing of nowness that was happening at that, in, in, at that moment as well. And we've got to be able to in, in empower and enable people to do that. Or people will kill themselves because you're taking hope away. You, you can't, you take identity away. It's a global problem, a mm -hmm. pandemic problem where people don't know who they are. So being wired, understanding your, I call it your perfect new union perfect you nature, your wired for love nature, you, there's a blueprint which you develop through your lifetime. I wrote another book last year called The Blueprint, it's one of the books that you endorse as well, Blueprint for Perfection, to understand yeah, that nature. Yeah. So that, where that <coughs> is getting into the nature, yeah. this, this year I'm trying yeah. to show people how can I have the coping skills to know that I can't control the events and circumstances of my life. I can't control the bullying, I can't control the socioeconomic and the poverty and the whatever and the whatever and the my decisions my parents make or decisions the spouse makes but you can control your reactions and in controlling your reactions and stepping into the love zone you generate love energy and what does the scripture say perfect love casts out fear so we have to teach ourselves and our children how to operate in love so that we generate love and that generate wipe, generate that the love wipes out the evil that's why i'm trying to get people in the right mindset because mindsets are power they are activating the power of love i'm going to think i'm going to make sure i, I get into a thinker mindset 
I'm going to forgive, I'm going to have gratitude, I'm going to have happiness, I'm going to, and I explain all of those scientifically and little tips to train you to get into those mindsets. But you start the day with the decision to, those are the mindsets, I'm going to literally wear them. Yes, and then I'm going to walk through the day connecting with God. That's and who adopting I am them. and that's what I do. Exactly, exactly. And you know, that one more thing about, I mean, there's a million more things, but just in terms of the thinker mindset, they did a research study with 18 to 77 year olds. 11 studies done through Harvard and the University of Virginia. And they put these people in, of all these ages, because we always think, oh, technology, kids, kids, and kids don't think in that job. No, it is across all generations now. It's not just limited to the young generation. They put them in this room and they had to think for, between the various different experiments, they either had to think for five minutes or 15 minutes. I mean, I say think, they didn't have their phones, computers, iPads, they just had to close their eyes. It was just them in this room. And they just had to think. Do you know that the vast majority, the majority of the people from ages 18 to 77 hated doing that? They hated being alone with their thoughts because mm -hmm. we haven't taught people how to be alone with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yet that is an instruction throughout Proverbs. You wrote that phenomenal book about Proverbs. That's one of my favorite books of yours where you spoke Proverbs, um, Proverbs. It is the, in Proverbs, the pink book. I remember that, that, um, that cover. And you just took all the Proverbs and you spoke. Your overarching message that I got from that book was that we need to be, it's, it's a deliberate, time-consuming decision to actually immerse ourselves in wisdom. It's not going to just happen overnight. You know, and that's, that, that wisdom that we see, that get understanding, get wisdom, which is, in, it is the overarching instruction of Proverbs, that is what we've got to teach ourselves to do. We've got to give ourselves the leeway and the understanding that it's going to take time, that it's okay if you fall, but you can reconceptualize, you can rewire, you can get out of it. That's not the message that we are giving our youth or each other anymore. People are scared to be alone with their thoughts. As you access Proverbs concepts, you learn how to be alone with your thoughts. That's the message I got from your book. You may have not spoken the science, but you said we've got to get we've got to get into this time where we learn how to be alone with our thoughts. People prefer to shock themselves in that experience. People prefer to shock themselves than actually be alone with their thoughts. Just a few years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. So we've shifted in the last 50 years. So we are on a decline in humanity until we change it. And but a decline is not a bad thing in this sense, because if we know the problem, we can fix it. You know, so it's becoming Amen. very aware now. And that's, so I don't say this to make people fearful. I make people, I say this to make people have hope. So my mind is my mind. Exactly. Your mind is your mind, and you choose your mindset. <clears throat> you choose the power Philippians you want to four, operate in. Verse 6, be careful or be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, finally. And it won't do it without this. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or, or moral excellence, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's, that, that scripture are these, are unpacked into these 15 mindsets. The, all 15 mindsets are in there, in that scripture. And that's what you're supposed to be wearing every day. 
and God designed us to do this every 10 seconds. We can, every 10 seconds, six times a minute, we can regulate. Am I in this thinker moment? Am I in this, what does love look like in my moment every 10 seconds? That's the goal, I believe, of humanity. That's the perfection, because then we are operating in love. When we operate in love, we're operating God's wisdom. If you meditate these... You are getting in love. If you spend some time thinking about them, the reason those people don't like to be alone with their thoughts, they don't know what to think. Exactly, they've lost the... And so, but word people like us, the Bible is first place in our lives, and we find scriptures like this, we begin to practice it. So... You begin to think, well, hmm, whatsoever things are true. Well, yeah, but it's, it, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true what she said about me. It's true what he did to me. Yeah, but when I, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, that's not lovely. So I can't think that so one. I got, got, I got to get that one out. You have to, re, it have wired to rethink in. that. If you've wired it in, you can wire it out. If you've wired yes, it in, ma'am, you can wire good. it out, which is yeah, that's principle. Really good. But you know, Kenneth, what really worries me, and Gloria, this is what I'm seeing, because we get thousands, like you do, thousands of emails. I teach in churches and universities and medically, all kinds of environments, academic. What really concerns me is we know this. You say we word people, et cetera, et cetera. The majority of people that send me emails are people that understand the scriptures and they are as broken as the people that don't even have never opened a Bible in their life. Why is there a disconnect between what we spiritually know to be correct and what's actually happening out there in people that have had an insight into God's love? This worries me, and this I'm seeing more and more, because I'm thinking, gosh, you, some people send me emails, I go to church, I read my Bible, you know, all this stuff they're supposed to be doing, but I'm broken, this, 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 and there's this litany of nothing of that. And there's, so there's a disconnect, so my desire is to well, try and help people rebuild the connect again. It just happens to be that the Bible has something to say about that. <laughs> I, I thought you'd find some scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> so give us an answer. <coughs> the half-brother of Jesus, same mother, different fathers. His name is James. Be ye a doer of the word and not hearers only. That's good. Deceiving your own self. So you you heard it. But you're not doing you're it. You're not doing it. Exactly. That's the disconnect. Well, in fact, you know, back over there in Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 9, the next thing that he said, think on these things, and the things that you have both seen in me and learned, do them. Do them. Otherwise... You have to do it. Exactly. You have and to he make goes it ahead to say, for if you're a hearer of the word, not a doer, you're like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So you've gone to church, and you've heard a great sermon on faith, and, and praise God, and and before you get home, somebody said something nasty, and here you go. Back to square one. So uh, he beholds himself. He went to church, heard the message, but went his way and forgot it. Forgot what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't make the decision to be a doer before he went to church. Exactly. And in order to be a doer, you have to actually do that meditation thing, which means you have to build a memory. Because when you meditate, you actually build a memory. So therefore, that isn't just a scripture that you use like a magic potion. You've actually transformed oh, it as part of your network. <laughs> You've actually wired that in. 
Would you again today welcoming Dr. Carolina Leaf with us? Thank Praise you. Praise the Lord. Carolina, it's so you. wonderful. So nice being with you. It's been absolutely wonderful. It's been great. I, I just, what, the thing that has, in all of the, the uh, 50 plus years that I've, when I, when I first began to find I've been, we've been born again longer than that, but uh, I began to learn, we were, both of us were scripturally illiterates when we got born again. And um, it's always amazed me that uh, science is catching up with the Bible. <laughs> it, it's it's catching up with it, and 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 I, I watch the the general revelation knowledge of the church grow, and it's amazing how the world of science seems to begin to catch up as the church grows. I've seen that, over, I've been in the ministry now, be, well, just in the next few days be 52 years. Incredible. And uh, I've noticed that, that the more, uh, the more people learn about the spirit realm and the more, more people begin to live and walk by faith, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of problems in the body of Christ, but there's a lot of dynamite people in there, man, that are, whoa, <laughs> you know, exactly. a lot of great and wonderful, marvelous things are happening. Yes. And when that happens, I notice the, the rest of the world begins to grasp more and have more understanding. They don't, in a lot of cases, they don't even realize they have it, but it, 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 it's being released and I really, quantum physics just gets all over me yeah, <laughs> because of the uh, of the spiritual fabric that it that it's talking about. That an incident that happened. I'm I'm thinking about a a, a thing that happened. Um, we came home from from we'd been gone for several days. And I drove in from the airport, and there was a car I'd never seen before in the driveway. Beautiful, yellow, 500 Mercedes convertible. Gorgeous car, but it was right in my way. <laughs> and I'd never seen it before. So I, I called, and some, there's a, somebody left a car in my driveway, and... <laughs> And they said, that's your car. I said, no, not my car. That's a gorgeous thing, but it isn't mine. Yeah, it is. One of your partners brought it to you. What? I said, Lord, oh, my goodness. I didn't pray for that. I didn't ask for that. I said, what happened? You know, Deuteronomy yeah. 28, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord, thy God, all these blessings come on you and overtake you. He said, he said Sonny boy, you just got overtook. <laughs> well, I, I, I began to pray over that and seek the Lord about it. And, I was, and Gloria and I both were so thrilled, that little car. Yeah, it was so nice. The Lord said, had you not done and obeyed me, and he showed me the incident, Years before, 
something like 20 years before that. No, maybe not quite that long. Anyway, but it was only over $20. Wow. But it was a kind of a weird situation, and, and, but the Lord told me what to do, and I, and I obeyed him in it. He said, if you hadn't obeyed me in that, I would not have been able to do this for you. And he began to talk to me about the fact that there's a spiritual fabric and certain things are tied together in the spirit. Well, there were there are years in between the two. I would have never connected those two. But see, that $20 and the young man that was involved, you don't know who, uh, that maybe that that twenty dollars got that young man born again on the street, and you, but you don't know who's behind that. You don't know who, who his mother's praying and all of that. Mm. All of this is connected in the spirit. Same this thing. is the reason it is so <laughs> vital to be obedient in even the little things. Absolutely. And don't violate the law of love, because you're mm. you're you're tearing up that spiritual fabric. And they show that with quantum physics. They actually show how you, the love is unbreakable, but you're adding layers of this, if you imagine layers of, of toxic stuff on top of this beautiful fabric of love. So every toxic thought is damaging and then it makes it more difficult. The more you're immersed in that little puddle of darkness, it's very difficult to access the fabric of love that's underneath. And then, of course, you've got a devil right in the middle of it. But the, the devil's defeated, so you don't want to give the devil any power. Well... If you're giving, if you're, if you're dealing, talking, thinking, unforgiveness, you just swung the door open to him to tear up everything you've got. But one second of repentance, boom. I mean, you just blew him out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. God. And And the Lord said, I, even I am he who blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and I remember your iniquities no more. Praise God. Oh, that just get all over me when I think about that. His mercy endures forever. You can, with love thoughts and faith thoughts and surrounding somebody with love thoughts and and faith thoughts, you're not only, you're not, your brain's not only going through all of the healing processes and, and so forth, but you are if affecting that other person. And those other persons and other persons because that fabric is so interwoven. And the law, one of the primary laws of quantum physics, which I mentioned in one of the broadcasts, is entanglement. And entanglement mm-hmm. is the law of relationship. Yeah, that's what so, I was thinking about. Yeah, all those. Are you, you're gonna, there's a whole chapter in there on quantum physics and also in the perfect you book I link it back to the scriptures and the philosophy and you can start seeing all these things play out and I want to read if I may a script a scripture a quote by a professor Henry Stapp who's a Berkeley professor he's 90 90 close to 91 actually at this stage one of the greatest minds of the century in terms of quantum physics and he has had a revelation of the spiritual nature of man and he, can, I, can I read you this? Absolutely, this? Okay, so it's quite heavy, but we'll unpack these certain things I know you'll pick up on immediately. The free choices made by the human players, so we know about choice, can be seen as miniature versions of the choice that appeared to be needed at the creation of the universe. I mean, that in itself, okay, so quantum theory opens the doors to and indeed demands the making of these latter free choices. So 
This, this situation is concordant with the idea of a powerful God that creates the universe and its laws and then allows, and then there's a lot of sciencey stuff that basically says allows, uh, and then bequeaths the part of this power to beings created in his image, at least with regard to their power to make physically efficacious decisions on the basis of reasons and evaluations. So in some, in simple translation, he's basically saying that quantum theory helps us to understand that this universe was created by a powerful God and that we are made, humans are made in that God's image and we have this love power sound mind and that when we choose, we choose life or death and our choices have consequences. Right. That's what he is saying here without having any schooling in the scriptures or any of that kind of the background that we've all had, yet he's seeing through his research that it cannot be any other way. And he has been attacked by a lot of the atheists in the scientific community saying that he's crazy and this and this because he sees beyond just the classical model of just the physical. He's starting to get a revelation of the spiritual nature of man and how man is at the, like he, he'll, he'll explain in his, his very complicated work that our ability as humans is fundamental to quantum physics. The core, he says, of quantum physics is a human's ability to choose and the result of those choices, and that's modeled after God, and science just confirms We're that. We're the only living thing that can make, make choice. Make a choice. And Professor Keith Ward, exactly, Professor Keith Ward, I mentioned him on Monday's broadcast, who's um, also he's an Oxford philosopher and theologian, also in his 80s. He basically says that quantum physics is the most accurate and fundamental of sciences, and 95% of scientists who are really asking these questions, what is humanity, who are we, what is love, what does it mean to be wide in love, are believing that we come from a supernatural power source, which is God. So it's just, I mean, science, you say, you, know, you start, I'd say all this to say what you said in the beginning, how science is catching up. And so I often tell people, because it's new for some people to bring science into the church, then my question is always, I mean, 10 years ago, you can't believe the sort of comments that people, people think I'm something weird and whatever. Then I would say, well, where does this knowledge come from? If we believe God created everything, the Bible is the story. The science tells us how the story works. It's all God's stuff. We just got to understand how the one works with the other so that we can function. So I think science helps us to become doers of the word. Mm -hmm. You know, it helps translate that knowledge that we have <coughs> into action because it's get knowledge, get wisdom, get understanding. And when you're in that realm, that takes time. And that's one of the mindsets I talk about time. We need to understand time and beyond time in order to function. Well, it's no accident or coincidence that the most brilliant scientists in the history of the world have been Jews. And they, they today are creating more and more technology is coming out of Israel than anywhere else on earth. And 23%, 23% of all the Nobel Prizes have been Jews. It's unreal. So, and the, and the book is the basis of their thinking. Even if he's not Orthodox Jew, he's raised on this book. The principles of this book are, mm -hmm. are his principles and ways of thought. Exactly. And that makes him the greatest enemy of Satan. 
and that's the reason he's been the Jew has been persecuted more than than any other race of people on earth. But uh, back to our choosing. You quoted this on on Monday, Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. Oh, let's go over and read that. That oh, that thing is it. It is so powerful. And I I was I was reading this and enjoying it one day, and uh, meditating on it. And the Lord said something to me that that. Uh, that I'd like to hear your yeah. comment on. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. In other words, you don't have any excuse. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Now, you is the understood subject of the sentence here. You make the choice. Mm-hmm. That both you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice. Oh, wait a minute. That means that if I make if I choose him, I get to hear his voice. Yes. His word has a voice yes. to me. Mm-hmm. And thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land. Now, <laughs> I was, I don't know how many times I had read this and, and I'm, I'm just meditating on it again and, and choosing blessing and thinking about the blessing of the Lord. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I'm open, Lord, you know, I, <laughs> but, but yet, let me put it there. I haven't yet heard the audible voice of God. And, but I've heard the, I've, I've heard the voice of my own spirit. And then in the course of ministry, I've, I've heard uh, the, the, the word of the Lord in ministry and so forth. But I heard it just as plain, Caroline. He mm-hmm. said, Kenneth, I've already made my choice. I choose you. Praise God. No, that's lovely. I said, really? <laughs> really, Lord? Yeah. He said, I choose you. Thank you. Ugly Messed up me? Yes. yes. But he said, I don't see you like that. Mm-hmm. See, even before I accepted him as Lord and Savior, even my life full of sin and, and, and all that, he didn't see me that way. Mm-hmm. He knows I'm only one choice away of making Jesus the Lord of my life. A blueprint of perfection. Yes, glory to God. A blueprint that we Absolutely. activate through our life. Beautiful. And I, I just... If if you if you remember that, when uh, uh, the wickedness of the world and and all of that, wait a minute, wait a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't choose no, I don't choose to hear that. I choose to believe this. Yeah, but you don't know what. No, no. That's their business. That's their problem. I choose this. I choose Jesus every time. And he loves me. And I'll tell you something else. I have a wife that loves me. And I know that. And, 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 you know, stupid thought comes across your mind. uh, 
In fact, one day I was on one end of the house and she was in the other, and she hollered something in there at me, and I, and I was all grumped up and tired. And, and I said, ah, she don't care anything about me. Whoa. I mean, the Lord exploded on the inside of me. A man I came to attention, and he said, who do you think you are? He said, it's none of your business whether she cares anything about you or not. It is your business to care for her. Amen. Changed my life forever. Changed your mindset. That one moment changed my thinking. It, it just changed the, the workings of my mind. But even at that, I had to choose to obey what I just learned. Yes. It's a choose. I had to choose it. And in that choice, you changed your mind. Yes. You renewed your mind. Yes. You changed the structure in your brain. You started transforming things. And you... Now, see, I didn't know that about my brain till I met you. You started wiring out this and wiring that in. But it takes time. It's not, and you know, that's the other thing that we, we spoke about a few times. Um, a reference that one of the mindsets I talk about is that we need to accept that there's a time factor involved. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's very easy. Okay, you are aware of this. It's very easy when you're in a meeting with a whole lot of people or you're in a group like this where you all agree on the same thing and you all, you can get on a high and you actually are kind of on a good high. Oh, yeah. There's dopamine being released in your brain, not dope, dopamine and various neurotransmitters. And so it's very easy to feel, I can do this. I'm going to talk to God every 10 seconds. I'm going to have this forgiveness mindset. Generally, what happens is that by the third day, we're quite good for about 48 hours. But if we don't push through and have a time mindset and an eternal mindset, you've got to have the two together. Most people will give up within three to four days and start all over again. And then they're back at square one again. And then they're going for the next meeting, the next laying on of hands, the next high. Always looking for high. We talk about an opioid addiction. We talk about a um, psychotropic addiction. Now that explains We are talking, there's another high addiction. That explains something. The spiritual baby really doesn't know anything. Maybe comes from uh, a denominational background or something that didn't know anything about healing or the supernatural at all and and comes into our meetings and man alive gets turned on to the word of God gets healed and you can pray for them uh, for a while and they'll continue to receive but there's coming a time when they're going to have to begin doing their own praying and that applies to, you're totally right, and that applies to every moment of every day. So we've got that principle being applied to your growth within your spiritual walk and that spiritual hope that we, that we, that we have to grow and so develop. So really you're describing spiritual growth. Exactly. That's on the eternal nature. There's a, there's a time element involved, a dedication, a discipline. So in the, if you think of two worlds, if you think of the 99% spiritual, that's quantum, which means space and time don't exist, which means present, past and future are, in, are all now. So take yeah, Hebrews yeah, 11, yeah. 1 to understand that. Hebrews 11, 1 explains it perfectly because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you're hoping for, so that's a coming, an event still coming, but the substance and evidence already exists. So we have almost like a contradiction against classical physics there because classical physics says that it can't exist if it hasn't happened yet. It's cause and effect. So the classical one... Uh, that's classical, what you think. 
exactly, exactly. So the classical world, if you just adopt that model, you're looking just at the physical. You're just looking at time. You're just looking at something's got to be next to something to affect something. You you miss up. You miss the the majority of of humanity, which is this beyond time thing. So in the classical world, which also exists, we have to recognise that in order to wire in a healthy way of thinking, to, which means to build a good memory, thoughts are memories. When we talk about thoughts, we're talking about memories. We're talking about building thoughts actively all the time. To build a thought doesn't happen immediately. You build a short-term memory immediately, but to convert it into a long-term memory takes at least 21 days of daily, consistent, deliberate, intentional focus on that thing. What research shows, and this is a big part of what I've done as well, is in order to keep mind healthy and brain healthy, you have to build your brain every single day. You wake up every morning with new baby nerve cells. You wake up with this potential to grow and develop your brain. If you don't do that, you get toxicity inside your brain, which can cause anxiety, depression, physical ill health, etc. So we have to. We are designed as deeply intellectual to learn constantly to build memory. So we're supposed to take new concepts, and we're supposed to study them. So obviously you can do it with with the Bible, but there's also knowledge, which is also God's stuff. So we need to make sure we are also developing and learning and honouring God by learning about God's knowledge of the world, whatever your interest is. So the kind of books, for example, that I write are textbooks on how to develop your knowledge of how to develop knowledge. Does that make sense of how mm. to make sure that you don't just read a scripture and it just becomes another thing that you store, but you actually make it wired in as an active part of your life. And that takes actually 63 days. So three cycles of 21 of consistent, deliberate, intentional learning, one concept at a time in order to grow. So the spiritual baby who gets stuck yeah, or whatever you want to... meditation again. Meditation yeah, yeah, has yeah, a time frame. Yeah. So meditation has an alwaysness component in the spiritual world because you get that revelation. So you're actually praying, you know, that you get that... It's called retro-prayer or retroactive causation where the substance and evidence already exists of the future. So in the spiritual world, the future's already happened. So you don't have to beg God for the answers or because God's not waiting for your tomorrow because Godness is alwaysness, is loveness, is already present, past and future. It's, it exists. What we have to do, the potential is there. What we have to do is learn how to blend time into eternity. And you can only do that by stepping into the wisdom of God. And then you can recognize and access what's already in effect and oh, make it a part of, of your reality. And we're out of time. We're out of, we're out of that oh, time, the physical. Yes. So we have to be eternal. Can yes. we be eternal? Can we yes, step we in our can. spiritual zone? And we can take up right there next week. <laughs> okay, we'll pick up on the end <laughs> yes, Exactly, day That's and night. That's it, Gloria. That's it the very is. thing. It That's is. what he told Joshua. You meditate on this day and night. Exactly. You don't let this, you don't let you don't any word of, of, of love get out of, get out of your thinking. Mm -mm. So if he thought about it 21 days, he's on his way. But if he just keeps doing it day it and night, it becomes the habit. He said, "You will observe. Power. You start having revelation." Of exactly. It. There's the insight. There's revelation. There's change. There's that's a transformation. That's when you don't want to quit. You get into exactly. the, God begins to speak to you and reveal things. It's a whole different mindset. Amen. Come 
to a Kenneth Copeland Ministries event. April 4th through 6th, Kenneth Copeland welcomes you to the 2019 Branson Victory Campaign in Branson, Missouri, USA. May 25th through June 4th, join Pastors George and Terry Pearson for Kenneth Copeland Ministries' first ever Israel tour. June 13th through 15th, join Kenneth Copeland Ministries at the Sacramento Victory Campaign in Sacramento, California, USA. For more information, go to kcm.org slash events. Information is more available and accessible than ever, yet many find themselves feeling alone, overwhelmed by the constant bombardment from social media and the chaos of their day. In her latest book, Think, Learn, Succeed, Dr. Caroline Leaf teaches you to better understand and use your mind to build a life that is filled with significance. With over three decades of experience in communication pathology, Dr. Leaf has created three practical tools to assist you in your journey towards success in life. The Mindset Guide identifies 15 mindsets and gives you insight into the powerful part they play in shaping how you see the world. The Gift Profile will reveal the unique way you process information by helping you understand how you think. And the five-step learning process will switch on your brain so that it can grow and build useful memories, leading to improved work performance and stronger relationships. Renew your mind daily with the Word and shift your life from survival mode to success in God. Order Dr. Caroline Leaf's book, Think, Learn, Succeed, at a special price of $16.99 on our website, kcm.org slash TV special, or call 800-600-7395. Shipping charges may apply. Contact your regional office for more information. You can improve your memory and increase your learning. As you optimize your thought life, you'll unlock your hidden potential to live a meaningful, well-lived life. God is a master planner. And from before the foundation of the world, He had a plan for you, and that plan was and is success. And Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that God planned for us long ago. I'm inviting you today, get to know the one who made you, who created you. And the first step in that is making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never done that, it's simple. It's just a prayer way. You just say this out loud with me. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Wipe away my past. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. I confess with my mouth that you died for me and you rose again for me. Be my Lord be my savior. Father, take my life and do something with it and fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Now it's a simple prayer, but the Bible says when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, you are saved. And there's a grace deposit that's been made on the inside of you. And what you and I need to do now and our whole lives are about this is drawing up by faith what God has put on the inside of us. And inside you right now is the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointing, which means you have a sound mind. You have a worry-free mind. Now, to help you learn more about this and who you are in Christ Jesus, Kenneth Copeland Ministries has a free package that we'd like to send to you. It's our salvation package. It, in this package is a book called He Did It 
all for you. Along with that, we're going to send you two brochures to help you find out more about how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible. And if you were born again today, I want you to call us. I want you to get in touch with us because we want to celebrate with you. We want to welcome you to the family of God. You are a part now of the household of faith. So if you want this package, all you have to do is let us know you want it. Today, go to kcm.org and we'll get this to you right away. Now, tomorrow on the broadcast, Brother Copeland, Sister Copeland, Dr. Caroline Leaf, they're going to show us how perfect love casts out fear, gets rid of sadness and hopelessness. You don't want to miss this broadcast. There are life-changing truths in Revelation that we all need to hear. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you again next time. Until then, remember, God loves you and we love you, and Jesus is Lord. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, learn more about your new life in Christ. Request your free salvation package at kcm.org salvation.